This morning we're continuing our Baptism in the Holy Spirit series. This week, instead of having a teaching, we're going to be having three testimonies today. One from Catherine Weiss, one from Deanna Brown, and from John Gray. So we're going to get started first with Catherine, and she will take it away. Okay, um, so I became a Christian when I was 15 years old. And um, it was 1971, and the person who shared the gospel with me just shared with me very briefly. Uh, it was about 20 minutes, and then asked me if I wanted to pray and ask Jesus to come into my life. And so I did. And it, for me, it was a very black and white type of experience. Before I prayed, I was very sad and depressed and uh, just felt like, I had the weight of the world on my shoulders, and then uh, as soon as I asked the Lord to come into my life, I felt all of that lifted. And for the first year that I was a Christian, I kind of had this honeymoon period with God where I just felt happy and, you know, life was exciting and reading the Bible was awesome and fellowshipping with other Christians was terrific. And um, during that period, um, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. It was probably about six months or so after I had prayed to receive Christ. Now, I was fellowshipping with a group of Christians who were pretty young. They were mostly college students and a handful of high school students like myself. And we just had a little fellowship group. Um, we met together for prayer, worship. Um, nobody was... Uh, a mature Christian, nobody was a Bible teacher, and so we would just share verses with each other. And uh, being that it was the 70s, <laughs> uh, <laughs> there were there were some interesting things going on in the charismatic movement at that time. And I found out later that um, what had happened to me and my friends was very typical of what was going on in the charismatic movement throughout the US and in many parts of the world at that time. Now, again, there wasn't much teaching, but we did have the Bible. And so I started off reading the gospels. And even though I'd been raised in a church, um, it was the type of church that didn't really emphasize scripture reading. So, being able to read through the Gospels like straight through was something I had never done before. And um, so I was reading, in the course of that first year being a Christian, I just read through the Gospels. I didn't make it to the book of Acts until later, at some point in the future. But about six months into my walk, um, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit just in kind of a sovereign, supernatural way. I, one night, I was in my room at home. I lived with my parents, of course, being a teenager. And um, I was worshiping the Lord, kind of quietly singing some of the worship songs I'd learned from my fellowship group and reading scripture and praying. And I was, I was filled with joy. I was so... You know, the, it was like the whole universe had opened up. God loved me. He cared for me. 
Uh, He had many good things for me, and I was so excited about worshiping him and so thankful. And I had this sense, and I uh, I, I don't know if I thought it or articulated it out loud, but I said, God, I, I just... I love you so much, and there's so many things I want to tell you, but the English words that I have, they're not adequate. I I don't know how to say to you what I want to say to you. And the next minute, I was speaking in tongues. Now, I had never heard of speaking in tongues. I had heard nothing. I didn't have, you know, handouts from Pastor Greg. (laughs) I didn't have, uh, you know, Dennis Bennett's books, even though those, those had been written some years before. I was completely unaware of anything, uh, involving this phenomenon. Completely, this was something I had absolutely no knowledge of. Now, I have to say, at the time, it felt so natural. It felt like I was taking a step up. It felt like it was an answer to the prayer I had just prayed. And I knew intuitively in my spirit that even though I couldn't understand, my mind could not understand the words that I was speaking, nonetheless, the desires of my heart were now being much expressed to the Lord in a much better way. And uh, again, it felt like I was taking a step up in the, in the spiritual realm. And um, I hadn't seen the movie Star Wars until many years later, but when in, in Star Wars, when they make, you know, they're in the Millennial Falcon and they're trying to get away and Han Solo's trying to, you know, make the jump to hyperspace or whatever, you know, it's like, yeah, that's what being filled with the Holy Spirit is like. <laughs> so, you know, when people, when people who've never experienced being filled with the Holy Spirit in that way ask me about it, I go, you know that Star Wars movie? <laughs> it's like you're just launched in, into uh, just a whole different, a whole, a whole expanded realm of the Holy Spirit. It, again, it's so hard to put these things into English words that our human minds can understand. And so sometimes people have asked me, how do you know this was the Holy Spirit? Well, for one thing, I shared my experience with uh, the, the other Christians in my fellowship, and they go, oh, you got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the fact that my friends seemed to know what, what this was, you know, okay, that's, you know, it's not out of the boundaries of what these other Christians are experiencing. And also the scripture has a lot to say uh, about being filled with the Holy Spirit. In the book of Acts, uh, Greg has, has laid out the passage in Acts 10 where Cornelius and his household are filled with the Holy Spirit. And um, Peter recognizes that the Holy Spirit has been poured out upon these people. Uh, in Acts 10.44, it says, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who were listening to the message. So in a, if you want to correlate my experience, um, which other people have had very similar experiences, uh, to, to a scriptural passage, a, uh, an experience that is related in the scriptures, 
um, the Holy Spirit fell upon me just as it did upon Cornelius and his household. Um, another reason that I knew that what had happened to me was of God and not from another spirit or something that was not good. Um, in uh, Romans, <clears throat> sorry, James chapter 3, 8 through 12. For Moses writes that the man who practices the righteousness which is based on law shall live by that righteousness. But the righteousness based on faith speaks as follows. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we are preaching, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call on him, for whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. So here I was worshiping God, and in the very next breath, I was speaking in tongues. I, so because of that, and because of some of these things that scripture um, describes, I am firmly convinced I was at that time, and I have been in the 40-some years since, that I was indeed filled with the Holy Spirit and not some other kind of spirit. James 3, also going on further in the chapter, verses 16 and 17, for where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder in every evil thing. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering without hypocrisy. So again, the, the, the essence of what I was expressing, feeling, and experiencing was from the Holy Spirit because it had the hallmarks of the Holy Spirit, pure and peaceable, gentle, reasonable, and it was full of worship of God you know, pointing away from myself and towards the Lord. Um, I have some other scriptures, but I don't think I'm going to um, read them. Um, basically, I would just reiterate: if you have this, if you have this type of an experience where you find yourself worshiping the Lord feeling like you want to say more to him than what you've been able to see, to say up to that point, and you have not yet been filled with the Holy Spirit, ask him to fill you. Ask him to open your mouth and fill it with his praises. He will do that. Now, sometimes people, because of their background, have been taught against speaking in tongues. Um, all I can say is, from my own experience and the experience of the people that I first began to fellowship with as Christians, and the experience of many, many other Christians throughout the whole world and throughout the ages, speaking in tongues is given to us by God uh, as a prayer language for our devotional time, for us to connect more 
uh, more strongly with the Spirit. I'm not saying you can't connect with him if you simply pray in English. You certainly can. Um, it's just something that God has given us as one of his gifts. And as Greg reiterates, this is not something that is a hallmark of you've arrived, you're mature. Instead, it is something that will help you grow. And as time went on in my Christian walk, there were many, many times where I needed to communicate with the Lord in that way. It was uh, comforting to me in times of distress and difficulty. Uh, it was something that was always there that I knew I could connect with God in that, in that higher way than just simply praying in my known language. Um, so that's my experience. Um, uh, if you have any questions that you want to ask me um, later today, I'd be glad to answer any questions you have. All right, well, um, I kind of wanted to preface this with uh, two scripture readings that I think have uh, kind of defined my journey from uh, you know, uh, being converted to being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Uh, so I wanted to start with uh, 1 Corinthians 12. It starts by saying, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. Um, and then the other verse I wanted to read was Romans 10.2. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. And that one's taken a little bit out of context if you read uh, those chapters. Um, but I really feel like that kind of defined my Christian walk, that I was, I wanted more of the Lord, um, and that the Lord had given me that desire, but I didn't really know enough about things to really proceed. Um, so I'm going to tell more of a backstory than Catherine did. <laughs> Mine was a long journey. Um, so I was raised in a Christian family. Um, we went to pretty good churches all my life, you know, um, nothing too heretical. And uh, so um, at the church that I was uh, going to and belonging to before this one, um, it was my parents' church, and we had started a prayer group uh, that had a specific focus in uh, seeking God for healing, um, deliverance if necessary, um, you know, get special gifts of God. Um, because my, especially my mom really had this desire, she's in this prayer group, that we needed to do the lab. There was too much talking uh, in church today, and we needed to do lab. Uh, we needed to practice these things that God told us we could do uh, by his spirit. So that was really something that inspired me and opened me up to um, like ask the Lord for a lot of things, and people were um, delivered. People were healed from various things. Um, I have one, uh, you know, healing story myself, but, um, that aside that, um, really opened the doors for this. So, um, I do want to stress though, that there was not much teaching involved, um, in this. It was, it was like, just take what we know, take scripture and do it. So, um, 
With that in mind, I'm going to pause and put this little uh, thing here. I have a love for languages. If you don't know me very well, I'll just tell you this. I love, love, love languages. And um, so I wanted to say this because, you know, speaking in tongues is a language. You know, we speak in uh, tongues of men and angels. So these are all languages that are given by the Holy Spirit. And so... Um, when I first, you know, read, oh, like there's such a thing as speaking in tongues. I knew that my mom had spoken in tongues a couple times, as well as other people in that prayer group. And I really wanted that. And it was more because <laughs> I wanted to hear myself speak in another language. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, and so my desires were a little twisted, um, but mostly I just didn't have knowledge, like what um, 1 Corinthians 12 says. And Paul tells us that we shouldn't be unknowledgeable about these things. So, um, and by the way, I wanted to plug the gift series, by the way. That really opened my eyes. Um, the gift series, if you want to uh, ask me for that later, I can send you the podcast links and the teachings. Um, so I had asked individually, I'd asked God, please give me this gift of tongues. Um, and I had asked the prayer group to pray for me and, uh, that I could receive tongues. And this was not one time, this was multiple times. So it's kind of embarrassing when nothing happened. Um, and the reason was, um, you know, I concluded, okay, like the Bible says when you ask, you can receive, but obviously God doesn't want to give me this gift because it's only for a couple people and I'm not one of them, uh, which is not true. Um, it just wasn't time yet because I wasn't uh, knowledgeable in this area. So um, all of that was happening uh, really my freshman year of college, uh, 2013 and 2014. And by the time 2014 summer rolled around, um, I'd kind of given up the hope of speaking in tongues. And uh, we actually went on a family vacation. And um, while we were in South Dakota, I had this burden to pray for somebody that I barely knew. Um, but I knew I needed to pray for that person. And I was like, Lord, like, I don't even know what they're, what's going on. I don't know how to pray for them at all. And, um, the Lord showed me, you can speak in tongues about it. <laughs> I was like, okay. So, um, basically what I did was I, I had, um, my earphones in and I was listening to music in Spanish to get me flowing in a language that was not familiar to me. And I know this sounds weird, but the Lord uses everything, I'm telling you. Um, <laughs> and so I was listening to that music and um, I was just asking, Lord, please, please give me this gift of tongues. And it was very um, intense, like what uh, Catherine was talking about, very intense and peaceful at the same time. But um, there was clearly a flow. I felt it in me. And um, my my lips were moving in a language I didn't know. I wasn't speaking English. I knew that. I did not hear myself, though, because I had my earbuds in. That's very critical. Um, so I, I couldn't hear this language. So um, that was really the first initial experience. And the next morning, I was like, oh, Mom, I spoke in tongues last night. She's like, great. Um, and that was it. That was it for um, a, a while. And so during uh, fall 2004, 14, a couple months later, uh, Greg and Catherine took me out to Red Robin, and we talked about um, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and they asked me my story, and I told them all that I knew, and um, so I went through the series with uh, Greg and some other people, 
the next couple months. And it really opened my eyes. I really understood a lot of things. I, the most important thing I understood that this was for all believers. So then in November, 2014, I was prayed for, um, and with three other people and, uh, the Holy Spirit baptized me and, and, um, I started speaking in tongues. Now, the other false thing I wanted to bring to the table that I, I was thinking was that you had to be super spiritual. <laughs> there had to be an environment, and you had to feel it. And, um, I, you know, you, you speak in tongues during prayer, you know, prayer meetings or whatever. But no, um, the Holy Spirit really wanted to show me that this wasn't something that was just, you know, um, a spiritually hyped environment, if you want to say. Um, and so that day, I was kind of surprised. I didn't really feel much, but I spoke in tongues <laughs> a lot. And, um, and I, I didn't know why then. It was just more of like a peaceful, like, hey, this is kind of cool. And so later, um, the Holy Spirit showed me that, that it didn't have to be all about um, all this crazy stuff and being hyped up. So uh, basically, he was telling me that, uh, you know, I'm giving myself to you, and this is not a gift that you can make up or you can, you know, have to be holy enough to get it. So um, that, again, goes back to what Catherine said about, um, you know, this is the beginning, not, not the end. <laughs> so um, with that in mind, I just wanted to continue the story a little bit further because I feel like a lot of people say their testimonies and say, well, I've been great ever since, you know. Um, this was the beginning, and that, um, that was November 2014, and... During that spring, 2015, I was really started to be convinced that my Christian walk didn't look very much like a Christian, and um, I wasn't reading scripture as much. I wasn't, I wasn't very excited about the Lord. And so, uh, when the summer rolled around, um, uh, it kind of started with Anvesh and I having a conversation um, about reading more of scripture. And so we started a study group, and um, really, we most. I think we studied about four evenings a week. Is that right? Yeah, four evenings a week. Usually it was about three hours per um, study session. And I'm not saying that to brag in any way. I'm saying that um, the Lord wants to give you guys a time in your life where you just really search for him. And um, whether that happens before, during, or after baptism in the Holy Spirit, I think it's it, it's more helpful if it's afterwards. Um, but he really wants you to seek him out in that way and just say no to everything else. And I could do that because I didn't have a full-time job. I was in college, and it was summer. Um, I don't know how it is for you, um, but that season really, really helped um, me understand more of where I was going in the Lord and um, what he was calling me to. I would not have been open to India at all, um, <laughs> going to there at all, unless I would have had this time where the Lord was showing me um, where he was calling me. And ultimately, and I'm not saying this always happens, but ultimately this did end in, you know, marriage. Like, that, that, um, that did kind of happen too. But that again, again, that was part of my calling, and that should be um, that should be a goal. Whenever you know you're uh, thinking about marriage or whatever, that has to be a goal. You have to know that uh, you you know your callings go together. So anyway, I just um, 
I wanted to reiterate by uh, saying the first two verses again along with a, a third verse. Uh, the third verse is 1 Corinthians 4.20, that the kingdom of God does not consist in talk but in power. And if that has not uh, become flesh, or the word become flesh in your life, um, that's exactly what the Lord wants to, ha to have happen. And I want to uh, reiterate the uh, 1 Corinthians 12 again, and this is stated multiple times throughout Corinthians as well. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. Sure. So um, the team that I remember, uh, <laughs> Catherine and Beth and Emily were there. Um, I think it was Greg, you, and maybe Stephen? No? Okay. Okay, John. Yeah, probably John Weiss. Um, and then there were three other people. Uh, Anvesh was one, Terry another, and um, Salome who is not with us anymore. But um, all of us were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And um, one person said that, I think two people said that there was just an overwhelming peace um, that they'd never experienced. And I, I felt that peace too. It was, again, like, I, I don't think I've ever heard a testimony like mine. <laughs> I'm sorry, but like, uh, usually people are like set free from a bunch of things from hurts um, and from, you know, you know, being lackadaisical about the Lord, etc. Um, I, you know, I had a little bit of all of that, but it was just, it was very clear what the Holy Spirit wanted to tell me was that, you know, this wasn't all about emotions, but, um, and gosh, maybe Anvesh will have to come up here and tell you his experience because he doesn't told me much actually. <laughs> But, um, yeah, out of, yeah, out of, out of his story, um, I just remember, um, I mean, we, we barely knew each other then, but I just remember looking over and, um, and he, he had a little bit of a hard time breaking through initially, uh, just speaking in tongues and he can tell you about why later. Um, but he was just, um, sitting there with his hands open like this and, um, basically just asking the Lord like, just give me more of yourself, I'll do anything for you, which was um, what he's told me from that. It, it was very, very powerful. And um, I did want to say one more thing. During these sessions where we pray for people, um, there's, uh, there's a time shortly afterwards where there's prophecy included. And that that is really formational as far as um you know once you are baptized in the holy spirit you know the, the lord said don't leave jerusalem until you have this gift of power on from on high which necessarily says once you get this power from on high you go <laughs> so um so that's really important and the prophecy is something that um the team that's there um will will pray and and ask for the lord to give them something uh that is for this person so um I, I remember my prophecy was um, 
Catherine and, and Emily both told me the same thing, which I thought was cool. But it was basically just um, I'm called to minister to a variety of different people and a variety of age groups and, you know, contexts, uh, that being um, cultural contexts. So that opened me up to think like, okay, so maybe it's not just America I'm supposed to stay in all my life or Dayton. Um, but yeah, so does, is that enough? Okay, great. (laughs) So, um, I had kind of a negative experience with the baptism in the Holy Spirit at first. Um, I had, uh, I was a Christian, I'm pretty sure. Um, I mean, you know, sometimes you look back and you have, you think like, well, you know, what really happened with me and the Lord, you know. Anyway, um, so I had gone to an elementary school that was uh, part of an Assembly of God church. And I'd seen people like slain in the spirit and they had revival meetings and stuff. And I'd never experienced anything like that directly myself. And I wasn't sure what to make of it. And looking at it from a distance, I would think thoughts like, well, maybe it's just like some kind of weird hypnotism. Or maybe everybody there is Christians, but they're like really way off base. And sometimes I even wondered, well, is that like some kind of demonic thing? And I eventually concluded, like, I'm just not going to be able to tell. And, you know, we'll just treat these people well and treat them as brothers. So, uh, so I went on and I received some more teaching about how the baptism in the Holy Spirit was for the time of the book of Acts, and that as the book of Acts ended, so did the Holy Spirit's work, which is a really poisonous teaching, because the Holy Spirit's work did not end. But that was the implication and kind of the, the idea behind the teaching I was given, even though that was unspoken. So fast forward a number of years. I visited GCF on Friday nights um, just for the worship. Uh, it was delightful. I was over at Jason and Carla's house one night, uh, about seven years ago, I guess. And uh, I was one of the only like non-core group members at the time. You know, So there were a lot of people who were really into the Lord and really zealous for God and really loved him with their whole heart. Um, and me. <laughs> I was so overwhelmed with like, I was just full of like joy during the singing time. I, I got down on my knees and, and I lifted up my hands and after a little while, I kind of caught myself. I was like, wait, this is super weird. And I, <laughs> and I got back up and I sat down in my chair. And Greg, uh, I think you later asked me like, John, what happened? And I believe I told you, well, I was kind of being like full of emotions and I didn't want to get into some kind of strange teaching basically because I was being led by my emotions and not by my mind. Well, my skepticism was so powerful in my life that my normal daily experience went something like this. I would, you know, have conversations, I would pray, I would read the scriptures, and even though I usually didn't listen to it, I kind of like shunned these thoughts, but I was always having thoughts come into my mind like, that's foolishness, or they don't know what they're talking about, or did it really happen that way? And I was constantly having to kind of correct myself and say, well, no, this is the scripture. You know, I'd had some good biblical teaching. The Bible is true. Like, we, we know the word of God is true. So 
So I would constantly be having to like correct my own skeptical thinking. That was my norm all day, every day in worship, um, you know, in sermons that I later realized was really unhealthy and it was really um, bad. That wasn't supporting my fellowship with Christ and my fellowship with the body and my reception of the scriptures as the word of God. But that was my daily experience, and I didn't know anything else. As I continued uh, attending GCF, and Lee and I shortly thereafter got married after that Friday night uh, fellowship, uh, we started attending here. I began to see, like, right away, really clearly, like, you know, Jason and Carla, uh, John, not Emily yet, uh, Greg and Catherine. I saw, like, really healthy relationships and marriages, and I knew them by their fruit. Um, one thing the Lord had given me, even in the midst of all my skepticism and really limited love for God, was I was able to perceive when somebody was on fire for the Lord. And I wanted to be with them, and I wanted to be like them. And even though I didn't see that in my elementary school, because um, honestly, maybe there were some things that perhaps were a little unhealthy. I just didn't, I think I didn't get close enough to, to, to experience the Holy Spirit there and to really see what the Lord was doing. Um, but at GCF, I did. And I saw so many lives so powerfully transformed by the gospel in power in the Holy Spirit that I knew these are the people who I need to be discipled by. Now, that's easier said than done. If you had known me, um, I'm probably one of the, or was one of the hardest people to disciple out there. If you can imagine trying to disciple somebody who, who is constantly thinking to himself, really, like, that's not true. Like, how do you know that? And stuff like that, you know? And, and some of us here experience those kinds of thoughts, maybe. That was my norm. And, you know, Greg, thank you for loving me more than anybody I've ever known, uh, with the exception of, you know, my parents and my wife. You know, that you gave me an incredible gift bearing with me through all that and fasting and praying for me because it was a powerful demonic anointing on my life that kept me from loving Christ and kept me from renouncing that skepticism once and for all. So after about six months of a Bible study, which Greg finally convinced me, to, uh, Lee and I, to go through, we, we did about six months of Bible study on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, one of the first things I learned was a little bit more about the Holy Spirit's work in the Old Testament. And I saw the difference between the Old Covenant and the New. In the Old Covenant, the Holy Spirit powerfully anointed certain kings and prophets to, to know him, to see what he was doing, to fellowship with him, to do his work, and to speak the words of God, you know, not just the words of men. And in the New Covenant, we know from the Old Covenant that the promise was that the Father would pour out the Holy Spirit on everybody, you know, old, young, men, women, like no discrimination, no favoritism. You know, you didn't have to be some kind of really righteous guy. You could even be somebody like me. Whew. So when we went to, uh, when we gathered at the church, maybe uh, six or so of us to pray for me to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, I had certain expectations. I thought it was going to be weird and I was really scared I was going to, like, start speaking in tongues, and it was just going to be me, you know, somehow speaking of my own accord without any activity of the Holy Spirit in my spirit, helping me to fellowship with God in words and in syllables that I didn't know or understand. Um, I was 
very pleasantly surprised by how normal and healthy, from like a biblical perspective, the prayer time was. First, we just worship for a while. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, that sounds like a really Christian way to start. I can, I can accept that. So we just worship for a while, and it was a really nice time of worship. And then, um, guess what happened next? Uh, Greg was kind of leading, leading me uh, in uh, prayer going through the gospel again and, like, renouncing sin and anything, like, demonic or anything like that. And I was like, oh, okay, so that's, you know, I can affirm that. I, even I know that's biblical. Like, so it was totally scriptural and in line with things that I could, any Christian no matter where you fall on whether the baptism of the Holy Spirit uh, ended or not, or continued, um, it was very clear that I was in a group of Christians who were seeking God, and there was nothing to be concerned about here. What I didn't expect, that, that's what I did expect, what I did expect was... Um, was you know, maybe like a nice time with the Lord, and I was hoping I'd be baptized in the Holy Spirit. It was so much better than I imagined. Um, I love fun things. I have, like, gone on some really big roller coasters and, you know, like, felt that thrill. I'm, you know, I'm married. I, uh, I've jumped off, like, cliffs uh, into the water, like ice water, you know, from high up, and, you know, felt like that kind of thrill. And, like, I've, I've enjoyed some really wonderful, thrilling things in my life. Um, but I've never felt something more pleasant and enjoyable than that one day. As we worshiped, after I was started speaking in tongues, you know, I kind of began to feel comfortable with it. And as I renounced skepticism and embraced trust in God, it was then that I began speaking in tongues. Uh, when I renounced unbelief, and I think God actually delivered me from some spiritual warfare or demonic oppression, uh, as we call it, you know, um, of unbelieving, like, spirits, you know, like, uh, like unclean spirits, like the Gospels talk about, actually helping me to be unbelieving instead of to trust in God, you know, according to the scriptures in the context of the church, and by the power and anointing of the Holy Spirit. That's the part I was missing. So then, after uh, I had spoken in tongues for a while, we just worshipped, and I was standing right here, uh, just lifting up my hands, and it was the most, like, awesome moment of worship. I think I was standing on my tiptoes, and I remember thinking, I wish I could stand, like, taller and, like, just stand up even higher. Um, it, it was this awesome, like, several minutes. I mean, it was a long worship time. We probably worshipped for a half hour, but, but somewhere in there, it was like I could... It was almost like I could see the risen Christ, and I thought of Stephen when they were throwing rocks at him to, like, kill him, and he was having such an awesome encounter with God by the power and anointing of the Holy Spirit that he said, look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God, and everybody, like, covers their ears because I guess they didn't want to see God, right? So, like, I would think... I would think they would have all like looked up, but they didn't have it in them. And I don't want other Christians to not have it in them to want to be with God. The big change from before and after being baptized in the Holy Spirit was that, well, there were three things. Um, one, it, I used to feel uncomfortable 
fellowshipping with God. And I, I actually avoided like going away to my prayer closet, you know, to spend time with God most of the time because I felt, I think, uncomfortable opening up. I don't know exactly what it was, but there was something in me, you know, this probably had to do with spiritual warfare, that is demons, that, um, that just kept me from going to be with my father. And I did, had a really hard time thinking of God as my father. Um, plus, I had a lot of fear. You know, everybody struggles with fear at times, and, you know, going out of your comfort zone might be hard. But, but I, like, really struggled with a lot of fear of people and what they thought of me. You know, there are certain relationships I had with people in the church where that kind of weren't even happening because I was just so afraid of what they thought of me, and I was always having these thoughts that they didn't like me and didn't accept me or, like, were just trying to be nice to me because they had to or something like that. Weird, right? Um, none of that was from the Lord. So since being baptized in the Holy Spirit and enjoying many times of uh, just times with God alone, you know, it's usually in my basement while I'm walking on my treadmill, I worship and I sing and I pray in tongues. That's where I usually do it. Or in the car, you know, between, uh, between job sites, I just kind of break out in a song. There's not this big barrier between me and God anymore. When I go to pray... It's like all of a sudden I'm in his presence, almost all the time. Sometimes I have to kind of pray for a little while and, you know, oftentimes like repent of some things or renounce some things and just ask God to help me sense his presence. But I'm no longer afraid that the God who created my emotions is going to let me be tricked by some kind of emotional experience or hypnotism. Rather, I have a better relationship with, that is, I know the God who made my whole person and I fellowship with him with my mind and with my feelings, with my soul. And when I minister to people, oftentimes I have this like kind of overwhelming, powerful sense that what I'm about to say, which is usually just quoting a scripture that I memorized, uh, is like just what they need to hear. And I get like really excited about it. That happened on just a few occasions in like one Bible study I used to have at Cedarville with some friends. Now it happens all the time. And when I'm talking to Daniel, talking to him in at night, and Lily and Leah, you know, and, and it's like I can, I have a clearer sense of what God wants me to think and speak and affirm. Um, I mentioned fear. Um, I, uh, I, fear isn't so much of a big thing anymore. It's like I, whenever I start to get afraid of people or a situation or, you know, trouble at work or whatever, I just pray, and he helps me to be calm and at peace. But it's like a real calm and peace. So God created your emotions, and if you don't feel God's love for you or don't ever feel God's love for you when you read the Bible or sing praises... Seek the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Add, to, add this to your experience with him. If you're always having secret doubts and skeptical thoughts, seek the baptism of the Holy Spirit because he will help you to renounce that. If you're afraid of what people think of you in kind of a crippling way or in a way that hinders relationships with brothers and sisters in Christ, especially if like there are elders at our church or whoever is discipling you and you're like really afraid of what they think of you, know that that's not from the Lord and that baptism in the Holy Spirit is God's empowering to overcome that fear and to help you. Um, it's a complement to the gospel. 
because the Holy Spirit is the one who speaks the words of God. So he will baptize you in himself. And you don't have to worry about getting baptized in some other spirit. Once baptized in the Holy Spirit, the most important thing is to spend lots of time with the Lord. Catherine mentioned several reasons from scripture and her experience by which she was able to clearly affirm this was from God. And I was able to do the same for many of those same reasons. Um, but the number one thing is that it's, I, I want to spend time with God more. You know, no demon wants you to spend time with God. And when I spend time with him, I feel his pleasure. And there's nothing like that. So praise God. Thank you. So uh, thank you very much, uh, all three of you. And I hope that um, part in doing this was that we could see a variety of different um, encounters and how this um, is not something that's just like a, a writ formula that uh, everyone has to kind of be shoehorned in. Um, each of us all have different experiences and walks with the Lord, and each of us have different um, things that he wants to deliver us from and set us free from. And the, through like what John was saying, the baptism in the Holy Spirit really unlocks so much um, to help us with that. And so uh, hopefully if this is something where you're, even if you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, or if you are currently studying to go through that, hopefully this is something that um, reinvigorates that um, and undergirds that and pushes us all forward uh, to reconsider the value of this and how this is so vital and necessary for our everyday life. Um, I think John did a beautiful job of pointing out how this is something that is um, not to be, it's not like some you know mystical thing that we summon during super spiritual times. This is something for everyday practical living. Um, and so... Thank you all for do uh, for coming up here. Uh, if you have any more questions, uh, we'll be happy to talk about that uh, after the or during the fellowship time. Um, right now, we're going to dismiss everybody to uh, be able to go have coffee, use the restroom, and so forth. We're going to get started with worship here in just a few minutes. Thanks, everyone.